At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is that time, folks. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook per usual. Got a nice show planned for you throughout the next hour and 15 minutes for right now. We will be kind of going all over the place. Host of the New York City cast, Will Hill, will be hopping on and we'll get his top plays for the upcoming NFL card for the divisional round. We'll also talk some Knicks basketball tonight. And how about the odds to be the next head coach for the New York Giants? Bet Rivers, a lot of books out there having these odds put up, take it off because, well, we see this news coming about. So it's really going to fluctuate with these odds. So we'll see if Will's kind of got an inkling of where he would lean and we want to see represent the Giants next with that headset, but that'll be in 15 minutes. Half hour from now, we're going to be talking about tonight's NHL card, and it's a really solid one at that. So in 30 minutes, Beeson's NHL expert Andy McNeil will be joining. I know he's got some strong thoughts on the slate. He wrote about it at VSIN.com. So if you already want to get a sneak preview of it, be sure to check it out. And then at the end of the show, I got some best bets. Did not go too great last night. My goodness, what a stinker the Cardinals had for us. Couldn't even get us with the teaser leg. We barely got there with the Kyler Murray pass attempts. And, well, the Matt Prater uh, prop, but obviously didn't come to fruition because there was no scoring opportunities really for the Cardinals. But we move on and we are looking to bounce back. I got a play in hockey tonight and actually, believe it or not, a play in college basketball. Don't really get into college basketball too much until about conference tournament time, March Madness, right around there. It's to me, uh, one of the harder sports to handicap if you're just trying to jump in here and there. So that's why I give all the respect in the world to a guy like Greg Peterson, who absolutely nails it on a consistent basis. But I'm jumping in on a college hoops play tonight, so either fade away or ride the train. But we'll be talking about that in 45 minutes. Let's kick things off, though. And I was saying, you know, maybe we'll still do a different edition of Teaser Tuesday, but now that we're kind of really dwindling down to a limited amount of games i figure we might as well just do a full game preview and let's go ahead and start with these saturday games tell you where the line open where it's moved to how i would approach it and many different thoughts on just looking at the full scope of these games and i want to begin with the first one that's going to be tennessee and cincinnati 3:30 p.m central time this saturday the number one seed tennessee hosting the cincinnati Bengals, who are coming off that dub against the raiders so Opening line consensus seemed to be about Tennessee minus three. Immediate love, 
went to the Titans. We still see them where they moved to, which is at three and a half. Money line for Tennessee, minus a buck 82. If you want to take Joe Burrow and company, plus 158 on the buyback for the money line. And this total has been pretty steady at 47. However, it is slightly shaded to the over, minus 113 at Bet Rivers. The under is minus 108. So the way I'm approaching this, I'm kind of trying to be unbiased in a sense, right? I'm trying to look at, okay, why should I maybe take the three and a half points with Cincinnati and why shouldn't I? Because if you were listening to the show yesterday, my immediate lean has been to look toward taking three in the hook with Cincinnati. And even if I really didn't love one side or the other too much, I think your approach should be with this number at three and a half to either bet Cincinnati plus three and a half or you would wait to do something else with Tennessee. That's just my two cents on the matter. But looking at it from the standpoint of why you should bet Cincinnati plus three and a half, the way I would look at it is, well, Tennessee, their main source of offense, offense very frequently is running the ball, right? And especially if Derrick Henry is going to be back in the mix, I'm sure that's going to be their philosophy that they are trying to instill going into this game. And the Bengals' defense has been fairly solid this whole season, definitely exceeded my expectations of them. But where they've really had their strength is against the run. DVOA, they've ranked 13th throughout the course of the season. Where they do slack is in the passing game. 24th is what they rank in DVOA. Now, if Tennessee does opt to really hone in on the passing game, then maybe they can thrive in that arena. And Tannehill's a sufficient quarterback. He's not great. He's not necessarily going to win you games or come back from behind, but it does help when he got the likes of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones in the mix. Another reason that you should maybe consider Cincy, because again, the first one is, well, if Tennessee is going to want to run the ball, Cincy's stronger part of their defense is their ground attack. Cincy offensively was averaging 5.8 yards per play at the end of this season. Tennessee was only averaging 5.1, folks. And take a look at those last three games, too. I mean, they were playing Houston, Miami, San Francisco, the one respectable team. I mean, I guess you could put the Dolphins there, too. But the Dolphins really weren't a dominant team, per se. They did get on the hot streak, but that was because they are going against a lot of favorable competition. Uh, defensively, since he allowed their opponents 4.9 yards per play, when playing on the road, which is third best in the National Football League. I don't know why, but whatever the case is, Cincinnati's defense showed up more so on the road. Now, I talked about those last three games defensively for Tennessee in the span of those last three games. They were allowing those three opponents 5.8 yards per play. Houston, Miami, San Francisco, Cincinnati, arguably. Well, we know they have a better offense in Houston and Miami, but arguably against San Francisco, you could probably put them neck and neck. Joe Burrow, a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Better coaching goes to San Francisco and the ground game probably. But we'll see what Joe Mixon can do. So even if the Titans get the job done in this game, that hook is so crucial because they've won a game by three six times this season or less, right? It's been by three or less six times this season, which is actually incredible to see out of Tennessee in this spot. So when the Lions, or excuse me, when the Titans were laying three and a half in each game this season, they would be six and 11 ATS. Now, if the Bengals were catching three in the hook this season, they would be 14 and three against the spread. Now, this is also counting, of course, the last game against the Browns where they were resting their starters and didn't really matter that much. And they still only lost 21 to 16. Now, of course, they didn't cover, but again, not a true game. Four games they lost landed on three points. So for both of these teams, it's come down in between that three and the hook, which has clearly been crucial for both squads more than a few times this season. 
So I think this line probably does end up at three. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this has a better chance of going to three than it does to four. We'll see. But those are the reasons I think you probably should consider taking three in the hook with Cincinnati. To be contrarian, well, why wouldn't you take the three and a half points with Cincinnati? Because you have the argument, Titans have the bye, right? They have the home field advantage where they went seven and two this season. Doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to cover, but that they could have the advantage in the outright win. They're rested with that bye week. And if you're getting Derrick Henry back to full strength, that is going to be a huge addition. And the Bengals defensively over the last three games, they are allowing their opponents six yards per play. And if Tannehill can actually get a good rhythm going, they can expose that secondary that really hasn't been the strong suit for Cincinnati. So that would be the thought process of maybe not attacking Cincinnati plus three and a half. Also wanted to throw that out there right now. A great tool you can get at VEASAN.com is the NFL Money Report. Tells you the amount of bets and handle the splits that we always talk about. Currently, the Titans are receiving 50% of the bets and 66% of the handle. Bengals naturally also getting 50% of the bets, but just 34% of the handle. Again, I think that this line ends up three. I probably will end up playing Cincinnati plus three and a half. I'm going to wait just a little bit to see what happens later on throughout this week. But I do think there's more of a case to be made for taking three in the hook with Cincinnati as opposed to looking the other way. So that's kind of my, I guess, overall assessment for the first game of Saturday. I don't know. I was a little shocked to see it go up to three and a half, but maybe it's going to be a public dog play with Cincinnati. We'll have to wait and see, but I do think I tend to agree more with taking three in the hook than laying it or doing nothing with Tennessee. Let's talk about the later Saturday game now, 7.15 p.m. Central Time. Green Bay and San Francisco. This line is shot up in favor of the Packers from five now. Well, it went to six, and now you're seeing it at five and a half, actually. So it's kind of come back down. Minus 240 on the money line for the Cheeseheads. San Francisco plus 205. Total at 47 and a half. At first was actually the odds had it going up to 48, but now it's settled to about minus 110 each way at Bat Rivers. Some news for Green Bay. Matt LaFleur used the word hopeful when asked about Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith if they would play Saturday. Of course, would be a huge boost for that defense with Green Bay. In terms of other injuries, well, we know that Ward is kind of shaken up, and apparently Jimmy Garoppolo and his shoulder issue could be a little bit more severe than we've been led to believe. So we got to monitor that, but also at the same time, by the time it comes out, this number is certainly going to change pretty dramatically. And you might want, I mean, people out there give Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of crap, right? And sometimes rightfully so, but for the most part, he is serviceable and he can get the job done. What we've seen out of Trey Lance should give you way more confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo in this 49ers team than if Trey Lance is implemented. Now, the 49ers can implement their ground attack a lot and they can do it very successfully, but Trey Lance on the road in Lambeau in a playoff game, man, that is going to affect this game pretty big. So looking in it in terms of why you should maybe take the points with the 49ers, I would argue that, look, they played earlier this season. They kept it close against the Packers. They just lost by two, right? They averaged most yards per play coming into this postseason at 6.1 and second most on the road this season at 6.2. We stress that a lot this past week going into their matchup against Dallas. Uh, Green Bay, where they really slacked defensively is against the run. 28th is what they ranked in DVOA run defense. 
And again, the philosophy that San Francisco tries to instill is to control the clock, control the momentum in favor of themselves. The biggest game I think you saw an example of that was that primetime game when they were three-and-a-half-point dogs against the Rams. They were just pounding it down the throat of that Rams defense. If they can do that consistently against Green Bay, I have no doubt that they can at least keep it close enough to cover in this spot against the Packers. Now, the public's going to be all over Green Bay, and I'm sure it's going to be a popular teaser spot. And look, the Packers probably do get the job done at the end of the day because Aaron Rodgers is probably going to expose the 16th-ranked DVOA pass defense in San Francisco. So I would think that the Packers win this thing outright, but in terms of looking at the spread, if you get it back up to six, don't hate the idea of taking it with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I do think the most intriguing play here could be betting this thing under. Adam Burke alluded to this yesterday. Cold game, windy game potentially. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going. I don't know where their points are going. And even if they're running the ball a lot, that's going to slow down the clock or rather keep it going and slow down the scoring. So under could be the top play for that. We'll talk about this a little bit later on the show. But coming up next, more NFL with Will Hill. Stick around. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got those city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get them available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. And welcome back to it here on Rush Hour. The network is VEASAN. I'm Danny Burke, your host. And speaking of those city casts, how about we welcome on the host of the New York City cast, Will Hill, folks, who you can follow on the tweets at NotTheWillHill, and you can catch him hosting the New York City cast, like we said, several episodes a week. And, uh, Will, it's not only a busy time because you got Knicks basketball and you got hockey, but you got the head coaching search to look forward to with the Giants. So we'll ask you about that momentarily, but we might as well start off with some NBA action tonight. An interesting game, so to speak, because of this line. Uh, the Knicks catching three at home against the Timberwolves, total at 215. Tell us a little bit about this game and how you may be looking to approach it from a betting perspective. 
Yeah, Knicks on second night of a back-to-back, second day of a back-to-back, I should say. They did play uh, yesterday afternoon with the Martin Luther King schedule. They played well. You know, I've been kind of down on the team. They won five out of six yesterday, and I, I kind of gave them credit on the podcast. Said, you know what? Uh, give them credit. They kind of turned a corner and gave them above 500, and then the Hornets came in and just blew their doors off. This Knicks team, they're pretty predictable. You know, they play the better teams. They, they kind of like the Eagles are in football. You know, they play the better teams, and they lose. They beat up on the teams they're supposed to beat up on. Uh, I think there's a Minnesota team probably with a little more talent than them. Minnesota was off yesterday. So uh, I, t- I tend to lean Minnesota here. Knicks are just, you know, kind of limited in terms of talent. They don't really have, you know, an all-star player. It's more a, a sum of the parts kind of team, uh, you know, defense. They're, they're kind of in a weird phase here where they're not really a contender. They're not totally rebuilding. They do have some young players here, but you know, they could kind of go either, you know, one of two ways where they trade up and get somebody to try and help them make a playoff push. That's not the route I would go. I would, you know, prefer to, either hold Pat or, or, or trade off some of these guys and try to get future draft picks, assets, you know, younger players, because uh, you know, you're really not a contender in the East with Milwaukee, the net here, uh, a good one or two levels down from that. But as far as tonight, Eileen, Minnesota, better rest, I think better roster. So uh, I'll lay it here with the Timberwolves. Yeah. And you mentioned the Knicks. I mean, they kind of been a team that you look at and you just don't know how to really approach them. You don't know if they're going to be a team that gets on a run or if they're going to have a lack of offense, which they have had several times, but a team that I'd probably put a question mark over the top of in terms of betting throughout the course of this NBA season. And Will, sticking with New York naturally, we got to get your thoughts. Another area of betting that you could put a question mark on is who is going to be the head coach of the New York Giants. So we're obviously infatuated with the conversation here in the Midwest of who is going to get that position for the Bears. But now they got competition. It's going to be the Big Apple or the Windy City. Which coach wants to go where? And for the Giants, now these odds have been put on, taken off in multiple books. But some of the odds we've been seeing has Doug Peterson as a short shot at about 4-1. to one. Brian Dable at plus 475. Flores 5-1 to one, along with Eric Bieniemy. Who have been some guys that you've either seen from people reporting it or just your own internal speculation that should be seen on the radar? Maybe from a betting perspective, maybe from a fan perspective, how are you looking at this area of betting? Yeah, it sounds like Brian Flores is going to coach like seven or eight teams next fall. He's going to be busy <laughs> bouncing around from team to team. Uh, uh, he did a good job with the Dolphins, so I think he's going to be on top of everyone's list. Peterson, I think, got a raw deal in Philly. Uh, he'd be a guy I would look at. Now, as far as the Giants, you know, who they're actually going to hire, it's tough to tell because they haven't hired a GM yet. Uh, once you hire a GM, you'll get more of a, a sense of who they have connections to, and some of the rumors uh, you know, will start to come after that. It's hard to put the cart before the horse and, and figure out who's going to be the coach when you don't know who the GM's going to be. Uh, Dable certainly showed himself well Saturday night in, uh, against the Patriots. I mean, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get a job. I, I would think after that performance and, you know, his body of work, he's going to get a job. Um, you, we could have a, a pretty intelligent debate about what's the best job here. Now, it depends, I guess, what you feel about fields. Uh, the Giants have draft picks. Uh, some of these other jobs, you know, Miami's got some talent, but how much do you like to there's there's a bunch of these jobs. Minnesota's got talent. So if you're Dable, if you're Flores, if you're one of these guys that has a couple jobs to choose from, you know, it'd be interesting to know uh, what they prefer and how they rank these jobs. It's kind of an interesting conversation. Uh, I, I guess I would go with Peterson. You know, there's not that great candidate. It's hard to assess these coordinators sometimes. Uh, I would go with Peterson. If you look at him, you won a Super Bowl in 2017. 2018 made the playoffs, won a game. 2019 uh, won the division, made the playoffs again. That's when Wentz got hurt in the playoff game. He probably would have won another game. 2020 misses the playoffs and he's fired. I mean, they, they really had a short leash with him based on his resume. Uh, you, if you can handle Philly, the media, the fans, that's a tough place to win. That There's a tough crowd, uh, sort of like New York. So uh, that, that I think he'd be a fit. I don't know that he's on the radar, but he, he'd probably be a guy 
uh, I would look at. I could see why he's a short shot here. Yeah, that's kind of what I had fixated in for the Giants. I mean, you kind of saw early reports about him, and it seemed like there wasn't too bad or, or just getting uh, – the feedback from the fans in terms of Doug Peterson, because you're right. I mean, he did have success with the Eagles, especially with everything they had to go through and overcoming Belichick and Tom Brady. Personally, from a Bears fan standpoint, I'm hoping that he goes to the Giants instead of the Bears because Doug Peterson, to me, and what the Bears are looking at is what they wanted Nagy to be. He's going to just be a Matt Nagy 2.0, and it's not that I have anything against Doug Peterson. I just think they got to go in a little bit direction of someone who's similar to Matt Nagy in that type of style. He's better than Matt Nagy, don't get me wrong, but uh, I'm hoping he goes with the Giants and the Bears going a different direction. But I'm sure you and I will have plenty more conversations about that as we progress throughout this offseason. But still with the ongoing games, Will, I got to squeeze some in with you because, look, we got a great one with the Chiefs and the Bills. You and I were talking off air saying, man, I hope these a little bit better action than we got for Wild Card Weekend. And it's setting up to be because you get a two-point spread here. Kansas City is the home favorite. Total bumping up to 55. Bills looked great. Chiefs looked great. Who will look great in this game to you? Boy, if you told me these are the two best teams in the league and this is pretty much the de facto Super Bowl, I really couldn't argue with you. That's how good of a game it is. You know, sometimes in the NCAA tournament, you get like a final four caliber game in like the second round or the sweet 16. That's what this feels like. Uh, look, the Bills, I think both teams will move the ball. If I had to make a bet on this game, I'll just cop out and take the over. To me, it's a 34-31, you know, 31-28 kind of shootout. Uh, it's going to be hard for the Bills to duplicate what they did Saturday. You know, seven drives, seven touchdowns. Uh, it's hard to pitch two perfect games in a row. Uh, I would actually lean Chiefs. You know, they're home. Mahomes, you trust still more than Allen. It's hard to bet against Mahomes. It's hard to bet against Andy Reid. Uh, Arrowhead is a tough place to win. Uh, I, I would still lean Chiefs anything under a field goal. Uh, if if you wanted to talk me into Bills, you know, Bills is a teaser leg. Get it through the three and the seven. I could buy that. But to me, uh, anything under a field goal here. Uh, with the Chiefs it is pretty cheap. I would lean Kansas City. Now, well, looking at this game, I mean, you talked about it. It's kind of like a de facto Super Bowl, basically. And that's the way I looked at it going into this when I looked at the futures because I said who's ever winning this game is probably going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I bet both of their futures, 8-1 for the Bills plus 425 for the Chiefs, and then, you know, I'll hedge or do something when they get there. Is that a way you would still approach it? Maybe you could bet the AFC Championship winner, Kansas City, plus 175. Buffalo at Bet Rivers is plus 220. Do you think that could be a decent option if you like one or the other teams for this game confidently enough, get some better value and bet them to win the championship for the AFC or the Super Bowl? Or would you maybe roll it over instead and take it game by game? Yeah, you really have to bust out the calculator and figure out the math and project what the spread would be, you know, if Tennessee wins, if Cincy wins. Uh, on, the, on the New York City cast, on the podcast, I actually gave out Bills 49ers Super Bowl exact matchup. I think it was 60 to 1. And then 49ers Bengals, I took a little bit of a shot there at 125 to 1. So wow. I'm all set on my futures. I'll kind of root for the Bills. I'll root for the 49ers, the Bengals. Hopefully I'll get close enough to, you know, where I can hedge out maybe in the second uh, uh, halftime or, you know, that NFC championship game, I think is the second one. So if I get the Bills or the Bengals uh, in the Super Bowl with the 49ers still alive, I'll be in good shape. But. Yeah, like you said, you might be better off uh, just going game by game on these ones. Yeah, if those come through or one of them comes through, dinner will be on you, my friend. Uh, well, yes. Before we let you go here, one more game. Got to ask you about really quick. Tell us about Tampa and Los Angeles. Rams looked great last night. Tampa Bay got the job done against Philly. Spreads at three for this spot. What are we thinking? Boy, as bad as the game was, we're wild card week, and I'm just so excited looking at these matchups, talking about these matchups. These are great games. I feel like any of these eight teams could really win it all. Since he might be a push, but man, this is a, a hell of a, a divisional round. 
I lean Tampa here. I think that money line's looking pretty cheap at minus 150. Yep. Again, you got the, uh, the offensive lineman, Wirfs, who's injured. That could be an issue against Tampa. But if you want to just, you know, go in a little heavier than you normally would on Tampa, hopefully, uh, and hopefully, you know, maybe you get a three and a half, four on the Rams. You could set up a nice middle. You could just let it ride or, uh, you know, just play around with it. I lean Tampa in the game. I know they lost in the first matchup. I tend to lean towards the team that lost the first matchup in the rematch, just because, you know what, the team that lost tends to make adjustment adjustments. Uh, the team that won has a tendency to just, you know what, we'll do what we did last time. At the end of the at the end of the day, it's Brady versus Stafford. I just trust Brady more. Uh, that run defense for Tampa is a little healthier with Barrett back, uh, JPP. Uh, I just I, I lean Tampa. I think they'll win the game. I dig it. I'm right there with you. And I think I'd probably opt into doing the money line up to minus a buck fifty, which is where it's at right now, and played a little bit safer. But you're right. Revenge angle. Tom Brady. They're a little bit banged up. We'll see if they could get healthy throughout the course of the week. Despite how good the Rams looked, again, it's still Tom Brady, so I think they got the slight advantage. Well, my man, that is all the time we got for this segment. Thank you, as always, for making some time, and enjoy this weekend full of games. All right, TDB, appreciate it. At not the Will Hill on the tweets, host of the New York City cast, catching multiple episodes a week. Coming up next, we're talking all things Puck with Andy McNeil right here on VC. And has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. And you can do that by getting a hold of our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special, which provides VEASAN Plus all access to everything we do from right now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. If you sign up now, you get our daily best bets emails along with 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsim.com along with all of our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Check it out at vsim.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's vsim.com slash big deal. Okay, welcome back to the show. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook in the Windy City. Time to talk some hockey, and you know, we're in the Windy City. The Blackhawks keep teasing us left and right here, whether they're going to get on a streak or not. At least they got a point last night against the Kraken, and uh, tonight at least I can avoid debating whether or not I should get involved with them because like I always say, there's always a team that kind of screws you in whatever sport regardless of how you bet them. And for me, that's the Blackhawks. But we're bringing in the expert, Beeson's NHL expert, to give us his thoughts on tonight's slate, and that is Andy McNeil. Folks, follow him on Twitter at Digital Gambler and catch his content at VSIN.com. Andy, thank you for making some time tonight. A nice slate to look forward to. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's talk about this Winnipeg and Washington game. The Capitals, a home favorite, minus 127 right now. Winnipeg at plus 108. Total we're seeing at six. I, I was looking at your write-up a little bit earlier today. Now, I saw that you had some more favor in terms of Washington. Tell us why you like this Capitals team tonight. Well, both teams are missing some some key players here. The Capitals are going to be without TJ Oshie, who's had a, a rough season. He can't seem to get healthy. I believe he's only played parts of, of 17 games uh, so far this season. And they're also going to be without uh, John Carlson on defense, which is a, a big blow to the team. He's an important piece to this Capitals team, but the Jets are without Blake Wheeler and uh, Paul Statsny and Brendan Dillon. So 
uh, it, it sort of evens out in that respect. And, and I, I think the, the line move earlier today suggested that the, the Jets are, um, you know, a better team than the, the Washington Capitals, uh, according to the market. And, and I don't agree with that at all. I think this price should be closer to where it was when it opened, which was around minus 135. The Capitals, I don't think, get enough credit for how good they are on defense. They're, the Jets certainly have, have the edge in, in goal with, with Connor Hellebuck, but um, the, this Capitals team does a, a great job at limiting shots and chances on, on a nightly basis, and they've got a, a much better offense than the Winnipeg Jets. So I, I've laid the minus 125, actually minus 120 earlier on the Capitals, but uh, I still think there's some value at minus 127 for sure. Now, I was looking a little bit deeper into this game, too, because I'm trying to kind of get into the prop market for betting hockey. I know you like to do that a lot as well. And I, I didn't play this, but I wanted to pick your brain about it. So looking at Ovechkin, uh, I know he was questionable heading into this game, but he has really dominated against Winnipeg in the past. I mean, he's got 49 points, 26 goals, 23 assists, and 33 home games against the Jets. And his shots on goal prop is at 4.5. Would you maybe lean over in that regard because he's going to have to fill the void of some of those other guys that are out and because of the historic success you've seen him have against this team? Or is that maybe a little bit too high to get involved with? Well, um, Win you know, Winnipeg isn't isn't uh, they're they're no slouch, that's for sure, and they they will um, pressure the the Capitals much uh, or a lot throughout this game. Um, I think uh, I sorry, I actually I can't I only have up to three and a half here. You, you hit me with this one. I don't have it uh, priced out for four and a half. Uh, so you've kind of caught me off guard here. I I, I can tell you that uh, Alex Ovechkin over three and a half. The fair price is right around minus two fifty. Um, so you're, you're still probably looking at laying chalk there, uh, on over four and a half. And there's, there's probably a good chance that Ovechkin gets pretty close to that number. Yeah. Oh no. Sorry. I didn't mean to throw you off guard. I was just more curious if you thought that he would kind of ramp it up a bit, because like I said, I mean, I'm trying to kind of get into that prop area a little bit. So uh, I'm trying to track it a little bit more. So, so I was curious your thoughts on that, but you're right. I mean, he's ended up around that number allotted. Three and a half would be a lot more favorable, so I'm probably sticking away yeah. from four and a half, but but we'll be interesting to see where he ends up at the end of the night. Yeah, go go ahead, um, Andy. Yeah, no, I mean, you're, you're right in, in your assessment there that Ovechkin is going to have to carry a bigger portion of the load tonight without P.J. Oshie and without John Carlson. I mean, Carlson is typically a big piece of that, that power play, and Ovechkin, he's on both power play units. He spends the full two minutes out on the ice when, when the Capitals get the man advantage, so... Um, you know, it probably is a, a good night to look over on an Ovechkin shot prop. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move on to another game that's probably, honestly, the top game of the night. 8 p.m. Central time. We're looking forward to Calgary and Florida. And these two teams kind of trending in opposite directions right now. And Florida's getting steamed up. They're now minus 152. But there could be some value on the Flames as a home dog, plus 128. What's been your assessment of this game throughout the course of the day? Yeah, so, I mean, the Flames are coming off a 6-2 loss to the Panthers a couple of weeks ago when they were uh, out in Florida to play the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they, they ran through Carolina to take on the Hurricanes. And it was a tough tough stretch for the, this Calgary team, and I, I think a lot of people um, have gotten down on them since then um, you know, because of that. They, they looked like they were maybe uh, in the same tier as a team like the Florida Panthers for, for a lot much of this season, but... Um, you know, after after not being able to to take out any of those elite teams, then people are, are starting to doubt the Flames. I, I'm not one of them. I, I think this Calgary team is 
is right there. Um, they're not as good as the Panthers, but uh, I don't think they deserve to be this big of an underdog at home. They rank, uh, you know, pretty similar to the, the Panthers in a lot of meaningful categories like shot attempts and expected goals and scoring chances. Um, and it's gotten up to a plus 140, as high as plus 140 at some books. Wow. So earlier I, I took plus 130, um, a little bit of plus 135. I've actually added more at plus 140, but uh, plus 127 even is is a, a decent price. And I, I think the, the Calgary Flames will probably put forth a pretty good effort tonight. Both teams are healthy. We still don't know who's going to start in goal for the Florida Panthers, but we do know Jacob Markstrom is going to be in net for the Flames. And that takes a lot of the stress away from, from you know, deciding whether or not tonight is a good night to bet on Calgary. And I think it is. They're, they're you know, probably got close to a, um, a, a 46% chance of winning this game. And the odds represent a, a much bigger or a much uh, less uh, less of a, a chance than, than that. So um, I'm, I'm in on the Calgary Flames tonight as a home underdog. All right, so perhaps some value with Calgary as a home dog. Do you see the same type of value potentially with Los Angeles? The Kings catch a plus 175. Tampa Bay coming to town. This total at five and a half, slightly shaded to the over. Uh, what really piqued your interest for this matchup? Yeah, no, I, I don't see any value on the Kings. Um, I don't see any value on the Lightning either. I think that price is a little bit too high. I'm right in the, the middle um, but I do have some interest in in a few player props uh, tonight. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky, he's he's capable of shutting uh, just about any team in the league down. And the Kings have been super hot as of late, uh, ever since returning from from the break. Um, but this is their toughest test to date. And uh, the, the Lightning, they've got Kucherov and Point back in the mix, and their offense is rolling. So um, they're they're going to control the the majority of the play, the shots, the scoring chances tonight, and. The Kings will be lucky to, to, to score more than two goals. And um, I've, you know, got an edge on betting on under points. So Alex Ayafalo around minus 110, uh, Victor Arvidsson around minus 105, and Anzi Kopitar around plus 135, all not to score a point. Uh, those are three player props that, that I'm on tonight. Um, you know, all, all three are dangerous players, but like I said, this Lightning team is, is going to own the puck tonight uh, in all likelihood and uh, that that means that the Kings probably won't have a, a lot of scoring opportunities and therefore this is probably a good night to bet against some of those players not to score points. Love it. All right, Andy, before we let you go, we got a little bit less than a minute, a game that's about to drop puck in about 20 minutes or so. Philly in New York, Islanders, a slight favorite, minus 129, plus 110 on the buyback for the Flyers. Anything that caught your interest here? Well, I, I almost ended up on the Flyers last night, and I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't because uh, they weren't able to get the job done. And now it looks like Kevin Hayes is going to be out for three or four weeks. They're already without Sean Couturier, so I, I'd have to say it's Islanders or nothing uh, at this point. Both teams are tired. The Islanders are a much more well-structured team than the Flyers. Andy, you are the man. Appreciate you taking some time out of your evening to handicap the slate tonight. Best of luck with all those plays. Look forward to talking more pucks soon, my friend. Take care, Danny. Good luck. You got it. Andy McNeil, give him a follow on the tweets at Digital Gambler. And again, if you want consistent content from him, just go to VSIN.com slash subscribe. You get all of his write-ups on a daily basis for the NHL. And we also got Jonathan Von Tobel covering the NBA. Same deal. He's got you with the write-ups on a daily basis at VSIN.com slash subscribe. 
But speaking of hockey, I've got to play on the ice tonight, so stick around one more segment for this edition of Rush Hour. I'll give you a play on the ice, and I'll also give you a play in college basketball. That's right. I'm actually going to be handicapping a college basketball game. Seldom does it happen during the course of the regular season. Kind of wait until tournament play, but I like one of the matchups tonight. Hopefully it comes through. We'll tell you what that is next. Stick around. It is Rush Hour right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 532 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. Okay, we are wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour here on this Tuesday evening. Welcome in. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, or you can catch me on the tweets at VEASAN Live on Twitter for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Big thanks to Andy McNeil for joining us and Will Hill. And last segment, hopefully you stuck around with or you stood around with us for uh, Andy's assessment on the NHL slate tonight. And oddly enough, and it's kind of dangerous because I never like being on the opposite side, but Andy and I are going to be button heads on tonight's edition of Danny's Dimes with my best bets. I got one play in hockey and one play in college basketball, so let's go ahead and kick things off with that play throughout the NHL slate tonight. It is going to involve the Panthers and the Flames. Now, you heard Andy's assessment, and if you didn't, well, basically he's saying the Flames are still a really solid team, just kind of on a bad streak here. And there's some good value with them. And I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment for this game, especially now that the price is really shot up. But Florida is just on an incredible hot streak right now. They open minus buck 20. They're up to about minus 152, like we alluded to last segment. I got them at minus a buck 45. So the Panthers are currently on a four-game winning streak. They're 8-0-1 their last nine games. And you look at this Calgary team, they're on a four-game losing streak. 
and they've lost their last eight out of ten games. They've had some substantial time off. I think since last Thursday was their last game, but the Panthers also have had some time off too. They haven't played since Saturday, so both to be pretty rested and ready to go in this game. And Florida, like Andy also mentioned, did take care of business against Calgary recently. That was January 4th. Panthers got the job done 6-2 at home. They've also scored at least four goals in nine consecutive outings in 21 total goals the last three games. I mean, this team is on absolute fire. The trajectory for both squads are just completely different directions. And I want to be with the one that's trending in the right direction, which is going to be Florida. Bobrovsky this season, 19-3-3 while he is tending between the pipes. 2.5 goals against average, 92% with his saves. And he was in the, in the net for that game against Calgary. So on 49 shots, only allowed two goals. Markstrom in the net for the Flames. Not playing as well as he usually has, but he is 12-8-5. 2.23 goals against average, save percentage of 92%. He does have five shutouts, so he has had some really good starts, that's for sure. At home, save percentage of 90.6%. Uh, four and four and four on home ice. And again, he was in the net for that game against Florida. Allowed six goals on 45 shots. Like Florida in this spot. Hopefully he can get something like minus 150 or lower. But if you're not too worried about doing the minus 152, I do trust the hotter team here in Florida. And I think they do get the job done against the Calgary Flames. So give me the Panthers on the money line. I played minus buck 45. You're getting about seven cents more at minus 152 at Bet Rivers. Should be a fun game. Hoping for a Florida dub. Okay, let's move on to the hardwood, though, going from the ice to the hardwood. And not in the NBA. NBA picks have uh, not been treating us well as of late, that's for sure. Let's hope it's a different story with college basketball, my first college basketball bet of the season and of 2022. I am going with a game that, you know, funny enough, you can't bet in the state of Illinois, but I'm sure uh, for everybody listening out there outside of the state, of course, you could get involved and you could find some ways to uh, handicap this game on your own. But I'm looking at this Wisconsin and Northwestern game. And I get it's a very, very heavily bet game, and it's probably going to be a major public play to Wisconsin, who opened up two, and now they're at three. But I think you're getting a little bit of both respected and just your average Joe money on this Badgers team. So you look at Wisconsin. They haven't played since Thursday, and their last game is when they played Ohio State at home. They won 78-68. to They're carrying a six-game winning streak Coming into this game, they're also 7-3 against the spread their last 10 outings. Northwestern on the other side, huge win for them over the course of this past weekend. Upset Michigan State on the road 64-62. I think it could be a letdown spot for them. I know it's always a unique type of game when Wisconsin and Northwestern are playing, especially on the road. It seems like it could be that classic letdown spot for the Badgers. But I like that they've had this time off, and I actually like that Northwestern had such a big win over the course of this weekend, you could argue that that would be a case for having the momentum carry in favor of Northwestern, but I think it's more so of a comeback down to reality type of game for them. And their star player, Pete Nance, is questionable. Game time decision. I haven't seen the last minute update for him. It's got an ankle issue coming into this game. So if he's not 100%, that's going to be a major impact for this Northwestern Wildcats team. Wisconsin also, they've won the last six outings against Northwestern. Doesn't mean it's gonna continue into this game, but Wisconsin really has had control over the Wildcats as of late. Thinking the same thing continues tonight. You know how I roll when it comes to these basketball bets. Instead of laying the spread, it gets so wonky, so volatile with all the stupid free throw shots, dumb shots that are chucked up at the end of games. 
I'm willing to lay more on the money line. So just like our hockey play, I did minus a buck 45 on the money line with the Wisconsin Badgers in this spot. They know that it could be a trap type of game. It's conference play. Every game's going to be tough no matter what. But I do give the slight advantage, and I think we can take that advantage of the value with the Badgers here with the lower line. So at most spots, you're seeing it up to three and minus a buck 50 on the money line. I think you're probably safe playing Wisconsin outright on the money line tonight against Northwestern Wildcats. So that is our first official play in college basketball. Hopefully it goes well. And if it doesn't well, feel free to fade any more college basketball plays I got the rest of the way. But so we got Wisconsin minus a buck 45 on the money line for college hoops. And then in hockey, the Florida Panthers minus 145 on the road against the Calgary Flames. Wanted to revisit before we head out here some thoughts that I did have for the NFL Saturday slate. We were kind of rushed a little bit toward the end of that segment when I was talking about the 49ers and Packers game. But I wanted to revisit the topic of that total with this number set at about 47 and a half. So earlier and even yesterday, it seemed like this total could maybe touch 48. And heck, maybe it still can. But at least at Bet Rivers, the odds were shaded to the over. Now it's come back down to minus 110 each way. As Adam Burke discussed yesterday on the show, and you can obviously look up for yourself, this is going to be a really cold game, but cold doesn't necessarily affect the total, right? It's all about the wind. And when you get to the 10 mile per hour and a little bit over, that's kind of that threshold when it could be concerning. And it seems like, as at this point, it could be about 10 mile per hour winds. I don't think that's going to be a main reason I'd look at this under. Truthfully, I just think this could be a decent underplay regardless, because one, Jimmy Garoppolo is injured, and maybe it's more severe than they're leading us to believe. And two, the 49ers offensive philosophy, whether it's going to be Trey Lance, whether it's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, is going to be to run the ball. Control the clock, wind it down, and get the momentum in your favor. Green Bay ranks 28th in DVOA run defense. The Browns were able to have some success against Green Bay when they ran the ball. So you got to think Shanahan's smart enough to take a page out of that playbook and keep installing that on a consistent basis. Keep the ball out of the potential MVP's hands as much as possible because Aaron Rodgers will probably be able to expose the San Francisco secondary that ranks 16th in DVOA defense. Up front, they're really stout. There's no denying that. Fred Warner, we'll see what his status is going to be. But I just think San Francisco's defense still is plenty good to limit Green Bay well enough to have them not dominate as much as possible or as they typically will or would have throughout the course of this season. I don't think it's going to be that higher scoring game that we saw between these teams when it was 30 to 28. I think you're going to see Green Bay's defense that may be getting Smith back. They may be getting Jair Alexander back, step up and limit this 49ers offense enough. And if they can't, well, the success presumably from San Francisco, again, is going to be implemented on the ground, which will eat away that clock more so regardless. And again, as for Green Bay, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to get his opportunities. He's going to get some big plays to Devontae Adams. They're going to have their connection. They're going to do their normal thing. But can San Francisco's red zone defense really limit Green Bay? That's going to be the big question. And can they maybe force a turnover? Probably not, because Aaron Rodgers is great about limiting those turnovers. But can they force some three and outs? Can they just get him, can they contain him rather, enough to keep it under the total? And I think they can. Now, the reason that I haven't played it yet is because it looked like it was going to go to 48, and I really want that number at 48. So I'm going to be a little bit hesitant here. But I'm going to keep an eye out, see where these odds keep trending toward, because if the news about Jimmy G keeps worsening, well, this total is going to go down with the thought that it's going to be Trey Lance in this game who probably won't be able to produce any offense, which has been evident 
in the few games that he's been involved in so far this season. So keep an eye on that total. I certainly will be, and we'll be keeping an eye on the other games too. Tomorrow we'll talk about the Rams and the Buccaneers a little bit more so, and the Bills and the Chiefs. Should be a fun week. We're looking forward to it, and we'll continue handicapping it right here on Rush Hour. Thank you to everybody hopping on the show. Thank you to all of you guys joining in. Best of luck with whatever you play. Until tomorrow, take care, enjoy that slate, and have a good rest of your night, folks. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.